Welcome back to Chance with Gabby. Welcome back to another wonderful episode. Today I have a beautiful couple, a beautiful inspiring couple with me that are I'm happy to call friends. I have JC Chavez and Lisette Chavez here with me. So I want to welcome you guys. Thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. It's an honor to be here. Oh, it's an honor to have you guys yes, here. Yes, it's a privilege. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Um, and you might say, who are these people, right? But you guys are a friend of ours. We've met at church. And you recently graduated from KSU. And I want you to tell, tell us, what did you graduate from? Oh, yes. So I am a, officially a KSU alumni. And... I graduated in political science, um, attempting to prepare for the for going to law school. So I'm yes. trying to do all of that prep work right now. You're going to go yes. to law school. How does that feel for you to be his wife, knowing that your husband, right now you see him and you're like, okay, he's JC, but one day he's going to be like a lawyer. A lawyer. <laughs> How does that feel for you? I mean, I really don't think of, how is it going to be? I just, feel, I just feel normal. Do you think things will change or do you think he'll get more busier? I really, I, just, I think I just don't, <laughs> you don't haven't think thought of about the it. future. I don't know. You in this, in this I, I really don't. I haven't think of it. <laughs> no, she mentioned one time, she's like, I just think I, about I, money. I, I can't picture it yet. Like, it hasn't hit me yet. It hasn't hit you yet. Mm -mm. I, oh. I'm the type of person that it's going to hit me till I'm there. Till so you're there. But yeah. then you're going to be there. You're going to be like, I can't believe he's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's get in there. Yeah. But we're so proud of you because I know that's a big accomplishment for you yes, and I'm sure for you. you as well, you know, to see your husband with everything that has happened in the last year with the pandemic, you know, yeah. 2020 was just yeah. crazy. But um, thinking about this episode today, out of all the days, you know, this episode is about bringing encouragement, bringing peace, bringing inspiration to other people. And that's what, you know, that's where it all started coming from. That's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And Today, I felt very discouraged and not even about the podcast, just, you know, those moments that I guess we all go through them. Yes. And I'm like, you know, and, and I'm like, I have to mention that because this is all these conversations have been so real that I'm like, you know, we all want to be positive and we all have to be positive. Yeah. But we can't deny that we go through discouragement. Oh, yes. For any read like sometimes there's not even a reason like I was telling my husband I just don't want to do anything you know and then you know it's funny I was feeling the same thing this morning wow I mean good thing we are out of out of that moment right but yeah that's how I it always started. sets us mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how positive you are how you know how how you feel and you know my 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 goal is to always bring encouragement but with that there's always going to be we can't deny that there's going to be moments yes where we feel yeah. sad and yeah. discouraged until you know I saw this post on Facebook that even made me cry because it said if you don't want to because I was literally in bed mm -hmm. you know earlier today and it said if you are in bed not wanting to do anything, touch your heart and see that your heart is beating. And it's beating because you have oh. a purpose. 
And I'm like, wow, you know, we all have a purpose, you know, and sometimes that discouragement comes from the enemy to try to stop us. Mm -hmm. Well, all the plans, all the beautiful things that God wants us to do. And I'm like, you know what? No, today I'm going to record and it's going to be an amazing episode. It is, it is. And so with that being said, I started thinking, you know, for you, I'm sure you faced a lot of discouragement Last year. Oh, yes. In 2020. Last year was the hardest year of my life, I will say. Yeah. And Mm. and I kind of want to talk a little bit about that because, I mean, for everyone, I think we can all agree that 2020 was not an easy year, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, emotionally uh, for a lot of people, you know, they weren't stable, like economically stable, like so many things happened. Yes. But... How did your year started for you? Well, the year started, I think it was, I mean, it was fine. You know, like always um, hitting um, new years, coming with new purposes, new ideas, and slowly preparing for the rest of the year. Uh, at school, trying to push to graduate. Um, that beginning of the year, I was told that I was on the way to graduate on May of next year. And I was so excited. So, you know, it's a lot of announcements and Which it was, was supposed just, to be this year. Yes, right? this mm-hmm. May. And I mean, thank God I managed to, to graduate on time, but I was not expecting what was to come on the later days, especially in May, right after um, Mother's Day. Everything started like going kinda you did a different way that I did not expect happen. it. Yes. Yeah. What was gonna happen what was gonna occur. The whole in May. process that was gonna occur. Um, starting with the pandemic announcements, you know, the, the fear from the pandemic, um, how you kind of start seeing a little um, chaos going on in everywhere, everywhere. school, um, work. I don't know where you stop going to school. Yeah. And then you stop going to work for some time. Were you going in person to school or you were all, you've I always was, been online? I always go in person to school. Okay. And um, I had maybe one or two classes online. But this was the first time that I did everything online all last year. Wow. And that was tough. I'm sure. Last year and somewhat, yeah. This year? This semester, I only had one class that I went to to school. So what happened in May? So May, um, right after Mother's Day. um, It was the week after. It was, no, it was like a few days after. Yeah, it was the week after. Mm -hmm. So Mother's Day, we celebrated everything. Um, Mom's was fighting you know against her cancer um for for over a year i believe um a year and 18 months since she was diagnosed that it, it reoccurred in her lungs because she was originally diagnosed back in 2016 oh wow yes of melanoma and they took care of that um they did treatment and in 2016 where was it in um, the lungs it was no in 2016 it started as a it was a, a birthmark that she had on okay. her back that developed into melanoma, um, and then they took care of that. They removed, um, they did some surgery, removed skin, and then they did everything. They said she was clear. Okay. Um, but after that, everything was fine until 26, 20, um, what was it? Eight, 18. 18, I believe, 19. 2019. 2019, I believe, was around that summer. Yeah, um, summer. She went for another scan and then... Was it just like a checkup, like a yearly checkup or um, or was she feeling anything? I think it was a, a regular 
check up because she was going every six months to, mm-hmm. to get checked. Mm-hmm. And then from from after the, the diagnosis, and then they found this 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 um, note on her on her lung. And then they started doing treatment, and um, she was on treatment for that, which was not easy. The treatment I was immunotherapy, and she was she was getting a lot of um, fevers. I remember. That were not easily um, controlled with Tylenol. So she was on fevers on and off. There was a time period where she was fine. Uh, but then she started having fevers again by like the, the, the beginning of the year. So let me ask you one thing. When they diagnosed her again in 2019, that it had not that. It, do you think it had came back or it was something that, OK, now it's in like her lungs. How did you feel in that moment to get that? diagnose um i mean with the first time they told mom um they told her that they were not sure what it was so they need to an out and an, a biopsy um but they but it wasn't the lungs and it was so hard to get they couldn't really make it so easy to to get the biopsy um but because of, of her history we went to a checkup and the doctor was like straight up no this is a cancer that she has so you guys need to take it take, treat it right away and I remember that when my mom told me, she was scared. And uh, I felt very scared at the moment, too. Um, but I tried to push as much as um, faith and trying to get her mind out of that idea. Right. And to let her know, it's probably not that, maybe something else. And we just pray about it and, and let's wait for the results. We don't need, we do, there's no point to panic right now. Right. So she was very, very um concerned about it until she got the news from the doctor later at that appointment, which was pretty hard when, when the doctor was just blunt telling us, you know, this is a cancer without doing any biopsy or anything like that. Wow. Yeah. And at that point, do they say what kind of, what stage it is or at that point how it was, bad it was? I mean, after the biopsy and everything, they, they confirm. And at that point they say it was stage four. Wow. Yeah. Cause it was already in her lungs. Wow. How did you feel, Lisa, you know, finding that out? Because you're his wife at this point, you know, how does, how was that for you? It was, I mean, it was painful. Like at that moment, you do have faith and you do know like there's nothing impossible for God, but humanly in that moment, yes, you were, um, I felt very discouraged. Like I was like, how do we deal with this? Like, how do I help my husband with this? Um, but, you know, always thinking, you know, God is going to do something. God is, God, God is working. He has everything under control. But humanly, you always have that fear. Yeah, yeah. Was- so she starts taking the therapy and... I mean, the, the what, what did she start? She started taking treatment, She's, right? She started taking the treatment that um, she goes to oncologist and she starts taking the treatment. Um, I do remember that the main the main news after they did the biopsy in the end, because they had scheduled one and then they couldn't do it just because it was a big needle that had to go from her chest to the lung. In the end, they did something different. They put her asleep and then the, the, tube, the, the thing went through her nose this time. Um and after the results, then the doctor calls me. And I remember that I was at the house and I got the call from the hospital. And I was in the office <clears throat> when I got the news. And he's like, yeah, what we found is it is melanoma. And it spread to her, can- to, to her lungs and it's stage four. Um, 
And, you know, the moment at that moment, I just felt like the whole my whole world was collapsing. Yeah. And it was very um, impactful. Um, I had it was hard to process that and to gain strength to kind of put, put myself together to tell mom what it was. Because they call him. They call me. And that's him. that's the hardest part because yeah. I was the one receiving all this news. Yeah. And I had her? to bring this news to my mom. Did you tell her or? Yes. I mean, it, 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 it was. First, I had to compose myself after the whole situation. I had to. I told, we were at the house. We were at the house. And then I think I talked to pastors and um, we decided to go to her house. And she was expecting me. You know, we get there. But the moment she saw me, she knew the news out that it was it was not good. Until of course I kind of verbalized it, and she kind of broke down. But we had a moment with pastors, and then they came. We were praying. Mana um, Monica gave word to her, and we kind of re relift that spirit. So right. not 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 let it end here. Yeah. This is not the end of the world, and just focus on that. So you know she took it head on, and she went and and started doing the treatments that they had to be. And I was always going with her. And for all that time, um, everything was fine. And to the point that 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 tumor that was in her lung began to decrease. Okay. So it was going away. Okay. To the point that the doctor said, you know, it looks like it's pretty much dead. All that all this left is just scar tissue. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much dead. But we still want you to take the the, the, the stuff um, until May hit that cut us. It hit, us, it hit us out of surprise. Yeah. Like, we're we not, had no idea what was going on. We're not expecting that. Yeah. So after Mother's Day, the week after, mom was complaining that she was having some headaches. She was, in, she was having fevers. We thought it was part of the same thing from the from, from, from medication the and everything. Well, mm-hmm. But the week after, they called us that, um, well, mom was having some really had big headaches before the weekend. And by the weekend... They call us that she went to the hospital, and when we go to the hospital to meet her, and by that time, um, half of her face was paralyzed. So she was um, having a lot some headaches. Her face got paralyzed, and then she was struggling to walk. Wow. Yeah, and she was saying that at one point she started having these little um, seizures on her hand, where it started shaking really bad. Um, and then she recorded and showed me to me one time, but I'm like, we're gonna. We had to talk to a doctor. You know, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We couldn't go see her. Like, she was telling us that she wasn't feeling well and everything. But JC, because of her condition, he didn't want her to go see her because he works in a clinic. Right. And the pandemic was so fresh. Yeah. And that made it worse because we couldn't even go see her before everything hit. The... When you saw her, mm-hmm. it was just it was at the hospital. It was at the hospital because I tried to keep my distance a little bit mm-hmm. because I was working at a pediatric. I, I work at a pediatric office, and then we were having cases of COVID already in the, in the office. The office, yeah. So I really tried my best to not bring this to her because since she's into this medication, her immune system yeah. was already compromised. Right. So you know, it was one thing after another one, and. But you know, at this point, they don't know what's going. At on. At this point, we don't know, and they did more tests. Until they called me after she did, they did a test at the hospital, then like, um, they're like, "Sir, we found that 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 there's bleeding in her brain." And I'm like, "What do you mean there's bleeding in her brain?" Yes, and they did more research, and then they tell me that they found several tumors on her brain. So at first it was she's bleeding, 
And First, then, they said this bleeding, and then after more tests, they say that they found several tumors. They didn't tell me how many. They said several tumors. And nobody wanted to give me, like, prognosis or tell me exactly what was going on. Right. And then she was there for, like, a week to two weeks, I think. At the hospital? At the hospital. Um, they tried to... Um, her heart rate was very low. There was a lot of pressure on her brain. Um, her brain was very swollen. She was on a lot of um, steroids. They put it on supervision. They tried to get the cordialists to see her. Um, we tried to visit her a lot of times. It was hard. They didn't let us. Mm-hmm. Until one point, they allowed us to go in when she started taking um, radiation treatment. Because they gave her like a f- two rounds of radiation treatments there. Okay. Um, just, I guess, to kind of help with something. But was that from the same uh, cancer that was in her lungs? Yes. And at that point, they were only doing um, tests from her neck down. We assume, we had thought that they were doing tests on Every, all her body. Her body. So this whole time we were thinking that everything was fine. While for some reason, the, the, the cancer spread to the brain without spraying anywhere else. So, no, that was a whole process. Right. And then I know she gets surgery um, during that process. Was it around June or July? I think it was around, she got two. I think the first one was around June. June. And that's after we go back to Northside Hospital. We try to get her um, checked with all the oncologies that were providing her all the financial assistance. So she was getting everything paid. She was getting all the, all the assistance uh, without any cost. And I know that the oncologist had referred her to a neurosurgeon. And we had a whole meeting with a neurosurgeon. The neurosurgeon told me what was actually going on. And he said that there were pretty much three big tumors pushing against the brain from like different directions. And then there were like 20 something more like small around the rest of the brain. So they wanted to tackle the big ones first before doing a treatment to start tackling the smaller ones. Right. And they did a surgery to to remove the first one. But then after treatment, apparently it made them to, to swell up more, causing more pressure in her brain to cause more complications, and they had to do another surgery to remove another one, and then... But before that second... It was a mess. Before that second surgery, remember that she went on coma? That's yes. When. The first time? The f- the, 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 it uh, was the first, and then they did the treatment, and it got, like, more swollen, like, yeah, so they, they did, got bigger, and that's yeah, when she got intubated. You're right. She did this. Yeah, she she got the first surgery, um, and then she got the first dose of treatment, which was chemo at that point. So after she got her first dose of chemo, it complicated things a lot more. Do you think maybe they did too much too fast for her before, like letting her brain, her body recover? Yes, I think that they try to rush things. But at the same time, you know, I understand because, you know, she was already like on, 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 her, on her last legs, you could say, because of everything that was going on in her brain. It's not like there's much space to work with. Mm-hmm. And just a little of space, a, a little tumor can cause her so much pressure in the brain. But the problem was that fast. there was so much pressure. Her heart rate, was, her heart rate had dropped oh, 
So we'll kind of like compensate from the pressure on her brain. So if nothing had been done, she probably wouldn't make it in, 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 in 30 days. Wow. I have a question, JC. Well, because you did say earlier that you graduated one time. How was, I mean, while all this stuff was going on, were, were you even, what was going on? Like, were you still at school? How did you manage that work? Because, I mean, I remember you, like, pretty much taking on all the responsibility. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about that? How you still found ways to just keep going? Um. Yes. So since it was May when it's, when things started, I had I was finishing already school, so I was still able to manage that, and I still have plans to go to summer school to kind of push up so I could graduate by May. Um. Mom was already living with me because everything pushed her to come and live at my house. This was before the first surgery. And, you know, I had a discussion with Lisette. I'm like, you know, should I stop or should I continue? You know, what should be things? What should we do? And I, in my way, I was thinking that, you know, mom's going to come out of this fine. And... She's going to have my support and everything, but at the same time, I'm sure that she wants me to keep, keep moving wow. forward and not let, let this distract me completely from my goal. And she would encourage me to. She would like, um, yeah, si vas a la escuela, go to the school, ve a la escuela, and do we have to do, don't worry too much about me, we, I'm fine. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine, we'll be fine, just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I registered for summer school. While this is all happening. Well, this is all happening. This is before the first surgery. By this time, she was just home, and she was just under um, medication to keep this soul, this swelling down. Um, but she was walking. She was moving stuff. All the only thing is that maybe part of her lip wasn't moving all the way, and then her she, needed some she, help. she lost strength on her right arm, and then she kind of needed some help here and some balancing things here and there. So she was fine at this whole time, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm a register for classes and everything. But things went worse. Things started getting like complicated in the middle of the semester. Wow. And it was tough because it was so much. I dropped a class and I was just left with two classes. But you drop a class because I told him. Because I was like, it's too much. Like, I understand you want to graduate, and I'm there to support him, but also I'm there to take care of him. Right. And I will see everything going on, and I'm like, you need to take it easy because you need to take care of your mom, your house, himself. And I had to talk. We talked to the pastors, and that's how he was like, okay, I'm going to drop one class. But he didn't want it. He wanted to keep all his classes. Well, they want me to drop... All the classes. I wanted all of them, actually. <laughs> and, and you know, but. I was, I'm not sure if I, if I drop all of them, it's really going to set me back. But I remember it was part of a conversation I had with mom that encouraged me. She's like, do it. Do what you have to do. I'll be okay. And they encouraged me. And I said, you know what? I can handle two classes. And I did it. And I told Walter, bro, will you support me if I have two classes? Because I might need, I might ask for help. And That's my brother, brother, my little brother, yeah, he actually, um, he, he helped me in the middle of, of that. Mm-hmm. 
um, doing some research to write a paper. That to me is just crazy, JC. It was crazy. People that go through a family member that are that are ill or worse with your case is like your mom is going through um, cancer. She's fighting cancer. You have her at your house, so that's just you know you having to take care of her. You having to be in school. Were you working at the time as well? I was working at the time, and you know I give, and I'm so thankful to the people that I work with, my 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 bosses. Because they were able to understand the whole process. And then they didn't force me to go back to work. But they gave me an opportunity to work from home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before working from home became a thing, mm-hmm. they were letting me work from home. Um, and So they were very flexible with They were you, very flexible with me. A lot. So I was like, you know, I'm working from home. I'm sure I can manage one or two classes. And I think that was part of things that made things more more because I had compassionate people at work taking care of me. At the same time, they were, they were always like sending messages, um, sending flowers to my mom, sending flowers wow. to me. Um, and not just that, but, you know, you guys, friends, you, know, you will come to drop us some, some food, food mm-hmm. here and there. Um, Alondra will come to, to drop us some food. And so many other people that participated helping you. Yes, so exactly. Without that, yeah. And and I think that's just God showing, like you know, our pastor always says, "That's those are God's fingerprints, footprints all All over." Because from job, from school, from friends, from family helping you. You know, that's why we can't do stuff alone. Yeah. You know, in our previous episode, we talk about anxiety and depression. It's something that you can't do it alone. And stuff like this, this whole process that you went through, you couldn't have done it alone or just you and, and your wife. You needed a, a community. You needed a big support yes. for you to be able to go through everything. Yes. Yeah. And it was not easy for sure. But, I mean, it's like, at that point, you just need compassion and understanding from everybody. And I had a goal, and I still have a goal. And yes, I had to drop things to focus on my mom more. But, you know, I just give thanks to God because my mom, she will, like, I guess like a mother, she will not put herself in a situation or try to put her weight on me, even though she, if it's already happening because I'm already having to take care of her. But, you know, mom will think more of her children before herself. Wow. So that's what a mom does. That's <laughs> what mom was doing. Yeah. And she was um, pushing me to, to go to school. She will, um, as soon as I finish sending a, 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 a homework, I'll go downstairs and she'll be there. And that, that's just yeah. amazing to know that she encouraged yeah. you she'll be till, like, the, till the end. Yeah, she'll be like, how was how was the paper? Like, do you finish the homework? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, good job. He said. And she's going through her And stuff. she's going through this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that encouraged me. I think that's part of just the kind of person your mom was. I mean, she, you know, you just knowing her in the church, just she was sick. She was going through stuff. She was going through treatments and everything yeah. but she was still there encouraging people yes. she was still yes. there inviting people to church she was still there serving like you know 
the on Sunday I had like a migraine and I was like, man, and I just thought about her. I'm like, what would she do? I'm like, she would go and serve. She would have been there. She would have been there because she saw the biggest, a bigger purpose. And I'm just thankful, you know, that we got to know her for the for the amount of time that we did. Um, but I think it's a great lesson for a lot of people that even if you're going through something bad, it's still you have to see the positive in things. And she was one of those people that always saw the positive in things. And I mean, yeah, she's I can see a lot of her in you because I had to take renew my license for real estate and had to take a three hour course on license law, just a refresher. And I was struggling. I was like, I don't know how I, I thought about it. I don't know how JC does this every day, <laughs> even while he was going through all this stuff, like reading all this stuff understanding and answering questions because I took a whole bunch of quizzes and I was like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. But I think that's a, something to admire from you as well. And I think you get it from your mom. And, um, you know, even a lot of people would have not be where they are, would have dropped out of school, would have dropped everything, but I still see you and your family like moving forward, which I think it's inspiring and amazing. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why she wanted to have you in this, in this podcast to be honest with you because she was like they he's such a like he's since i mean since we've known you you've worn so many hats and i think that's something that has inspired me and has always been something that que resalta de ti, that just it's just something different you know that a lot of people carry this um not wait, but they have these responsibilities, which is the main responsibilities. I'm a husband, I work, and I serve, and that's it. But you carry so many other hats, and you could do it all, you know, and good. And then on top of that, then this situation comes last year where your mom is sick, and you're still in school, JC. We would be like, how does he do that? And, yes. and it's it only goes back to one thing. <laughs> And it was just God. Yes. God supporting you, God giving you that strength daily to yes. continue moving forward every day. Yes. Yeah. And I guess mainly I will say that there was a moment, of course, where, you know, I, I my hats just were too heavy and I had to drop them. And they just, you know, I was That's on the floor with my hands. Understandable. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to keep going to school because I will also feel guilty of like trying to do homework when like I could be with my mom right now, maybe talking about some things. Um, but at the same time, you know, like we all here, you know, mom doesn't just need me. You know, her husband's there too. Um, my brother's there too. And all of us are trying to have time with mom. So I cannot be overly selfish and say, mom needs me right now because she's been taken care of by not just me, but my wife, um, my, my mother-in-law who loved my mom with her heart. And they were best friends. Yes. And I think that part of me pushing forward had to do a lot with the support from my friends, my pastors, but overall my wife. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's someone that stood up there praying uh, when I wasn't around, when I felt I couldn't. You know, I would find her, I'll find her praying here and there. Um, for me, getting encouragement, 
um, listening to me mainly because there were just moments where I just need to be listened. And I'm like, this is so much. Like, I'm caring too much. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in a desert and I've had no water and I'm just in the wilderness and I'm like, I can't with this. Yeah. But. Um, you would come to uh, like pour yourself out. To yes. <laughs> Which, you know, yes, and it helped her, but at the same time, it caused another little problem to, to surface which yeah. was her uh, my wife dealing with anxiety which all, all of this caused her to have anxiety attacks so at one point I had to you know balance it's like I'm <laughs> taking mom. care of my mom but now my marriage is being affected and it's like my wife can stand the pressure too because it's a lot yeah she's dealing with this and then it would be nice we should just wake up crying feeling anxious and it would be like breathing hard and she would just like break down because she's having this panic attack. So it's a point where we're no longer being attacked physically, but it gets to the point that we're being attacked spiritually. Yeah. And, you know, I, at that moment I had to stand up and I'm like, you know, God, you're with me and then you help him in this. And yes, my mom is, I have my mom on this side. This time I have my wife on this side. But I need the help to make this work. And I had to call pastors and I had to call for friends and friends would come and talk to her while I was trying to help my mom. And then wow. I would talk to her while I was help my mom. You really went through the wilderness. And, and <laughs> it was tough. It, it was to a point that um, we had already planned to go out to, to get kind of like a little break, a weekend, just to kind of get a little break because she needed a break. And... Um, my wife was breaking down as my mom was breaking down as well. And I talked to my brother and my, and my stepdad. I'm like, my wife is being affected. Like, and how this do you, is taking... Do you, I mean, how do you feel? I know you already mentioned that, but how do you feel to see your mom on one hand, you know, like getting worse? And seeing your wife being affected by anxiety, like, were you like, I'm going to go crazy? Or what, what were your thoughts? My thoughts? Uh, I mean, I literally would like sit down or kneel down and I just talk to God. And I have my moments. I'm like, okay, God, this is happening. But I need help. And I need the encouragement. And I need you to speak to me right now. What is it that you want out of me from this? You know, it's like my mom is dealing with this and, and, and we're praying for the miracle. And I'm believing in the miracle. My wife is dealing with this, but I want also the miracle for her. And I want just this to be over. Yeah. And God gave me a word. I opened the Bible and I was like, I did the Christian thing. <laughs> when, the dedo, where the, when my finger falls. That's what and, you're nah, But I I went like that and I opened the Bible and I read the passage that said, you know, that, you know, it, it, it talked about the, the early, the spring rain and the, the, the later rain. The early rain and later rain. And how God blesses through that. And I wish I had the verse right now because I can't really memorize it. I don't have it memorized all the way. But if I paraphrase it, in a way, I felt that God told me. Just because the miracle, you know, you, you, you saw some miracles already in the early rain. Doesn't mean that the later rain hasn't happened yet. So it's like I'm in a season where maybe the previous rain as a blessing already happened, 
but the later rain is about to come. And I'm just waiting on this later, later rain. You know, la, 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 la lluvia tardía. Mm-hmm. La lluvia wow. tardía, the one that's yet to come that I'm waiting wow. for, which is the blessing, the miracle for it to happen. So I felt God speaking to me, telling me, it's like, I'm not done yet. Right. The later rain is yet to come. To come. And, and I hold on you. to that. And, you, and that gave you peace. That gave me peace. And I'm like, I'm going to hold on to this because there is no way that I just opened the Bible and this happened <laughs> when I really asked you for something because I couldn't do it. You I was like, God, talk an to me now. And I told God, and I was mad. I was angry, you know. And, and now I say this a lot, like, um, when you're in a situation like this, we're told that we're not supposed to question God. But at the same time, if you think about it, if we are his children and he is our father, and if God gives us that access to him, why can I go and tell my father, I don't understand this? Right. Why can I go to my father and tell him, please explain to me, please um, give me an answer. Tell me that you're there. Tell me that this is okay. Tell me that there is a purpose. And that was me. And I was telling God, God, why is this happening? I don't understand. Why is my mom going through this? You know, like um, we heard in the preaching recently, right? Like, like Claudia, um, the pastor Claudia that came, um, well, the pastor that visited us in case you had to cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said at one point telling God, God, I can't do this. If my dad's not here anymore, I'm not going to do this. And she said that to God. So whether you want it or not, you don't have to verbalize it to question God. Yeah. Many times you're already questioning God. Your spirit's already questioning God. Your heart's already questioning God. And I had to verbalize it because it came to a point that I'm like, I need to talk to you, God. Yeah. And God gave me that word. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen the blessings before, which was the early rains, right? right. Season has to pass before you get to see the later rain. There has yeah. to be a dry season. Yeah. Things get tough. You're in the wilderness and you're just dragging your feet. Maybe you're bruised, they're cut, they're burned from the heat and it just even hurts giving one step and one more step from feeling the friction with that sand and all that stuff. You can just picture that. And that was me. I was literally stepping. My, my, my feet were bruised. Yeah. Bleeding. My heart was bleeding. Yeah. I and was crazy turned down. Because I don't I don't know if this is the same time that it was happening, but the pastor brought and I think that's been like my favorite series of all times, uh, of the wilderness. I don't know if that was the time that you guys were going through that. This was July. He was preaching about that was in it. July, and I it think. was like my favorite that it taught me so much that it's not to 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 uh, punish us. You know, when we go through the wilderness is not to punish us because no father wants to punish their children, but make them better. Yes. You know, and even though you had to go through this painful process, you know, but it was only forming your character. And we still may never understand why it happened, but we do rely and we understand that God is in control and that if those were the years that your mom had to live, that was the timing that God had established for her to do her purpose. She didn't have one. She had, 
she had so many things that she did, Mm -hmm. you know, brought so many people to church, you know, like so many. So it's like she did her job here on earth. She like, como pusieron, terminó su carrera. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the assignment that she had from God, she completed it. And let me tell you something. I don't think I've ever told you this, but I I think I told you about a dream that I had because of the you said you 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 were waiting for that miracle for that miracle that we all want when we have a a relative that's going through sickness or fighting cancer or whatever. We want the healing. That's what we want. Yeah. And I know we we prayed for that and we would believe it and we would see her. We will sing it. And we will sing it. We would declare it. We would believe that she was going to be healed here, you know. But I came to realize after she passed away, I think it was about two, three weeks after I had this dream while I was at the beach. And it's so weird that God always gives me these we the, these dreams while I'm on vacation where I'm not thinking of anybody, you know? Yeah. And I have this dream that I, that I'm into like a theater room and I'm standing in the middle and they're about to pull her, like her ataud. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? The, the coffin. Her coffin. But there's so much light like I can't even really see it. There's so much light and glitter that I can't see her, right? And Liz comes to me. She's walking and I see her and she says, "Gabby, guess what? She was healed." Mm-hmm. And that and that gave me so much comfort to know como que was God telling me she's healed. You know, maybe she wasn't healed here on earth, but she is healed in heaven. Yes. You know, we can never say, oh, God didn't didn't uh, fulfill his promise because he did. Just not in our ways, our in our way. time. Yes. What we here, wanted. Here. And I was like, wow, yeah. because we see my dad was healed here on earth. You know, and I'm so thankful for it every single day. And to know that some people don't get that healing here. We, it's like a, a reassurance that it do, it's okay. You know, she is in a better place and she's healed. Like she has no more cancer in heaven. Yes. So No more pain. No more pain because that doesn't exist in heaven. And that mm-hmm. just gave me so much peace. I don't know if I had ever told you that. No, no. And I think, I don't think I heard it. I don't think I heard until now in that detail. I think you commented that she had a dream, but I don't, I don't think you mentioned it like that. I'm, I'm amazed. And all I can remember is um, when she passed away, um, I don't know if it was like said, I was dealing with my family. I had to call them and give them the news. And of course, they wanted to see her. They wanted to call us. They wanted to talk. They wanted to know what's going to happen. Um, I had no mind. I wasn't thinking of anything. I was just... It was just, I was broken. It was processing things and doing what I had to do. So I called, I think they said, called some people. She called you, you came. Um, All this came. um, And they were there with us, which I am so grateful that you were part of that. Because it was such an intimate, um, painful 
And I know it can be disturbing at times to see, but, you know, death is just part of human nature. Right. It's just like being alive, death is part of the human process. And I think that grief is carried better when those around you are there. Yeah. I cannot imagine someone carrying grief by his own self. And grief is not something that you should carry by yourself. That's true. But I think having that moment being shared and, you know, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say names, I guess, unless you guys want me to, but it's, it's, it's a good thing. I'll say it and you can cut it. Okay. A friend of mine, Wilmer, um, had that moment where when they were taking her away, I just saw how he, you know, it's like, he saw my mom like he was his own mom. Mm-hmm. And he gave her a kiss on the forehead before they take her. Mm-hmm. And that brought peace in my heart. Wow. You know why? Why? Because I knew that my mom was loved, not just by me. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, mom, people love you and they're sending you away. Yeah. Not just me or your family, but this is the rest of the people that have seen your process. Yeah. And I'm like, you can go rest. Yes. You've done so much, yes. go rest. Yes. And hours after, pastor calls, because we were calling pastor. I'm like, pastor. <laughs> I'm like, everybody call pastor. He's not <laughs> answering. <laughs> he was knocked out, of course. And then his phone, for some reason, he didn't hear it. Yeah. He calls me later, around 4 a.m., 3 a.m., I think. And I'll never forget. And he tells me, you know, like, he just could, he couldn't hear the phone. When usually he wakes up super easy. Right. But he was having a whole dream with my mom at that moment. Because mm-hmm. his dream started at one, right after my mom passed away. Wow. It was minutes, so probably during the process. And he tells me that he saw mom going to church. He was at the church. He was in the lobby. And he sees my mom coming in, super pretty, with whole dress. She looked stunning. And then my and she looks like bright. And Pastor asked like, um, Sister Rosa. You, you look fine, you're healed. And then and, 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 uh, my mom says, you know, yes, I've been healed. Wow. And then she walks into the temple wow. to, 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 to receive wow. the service. And pastor tells me that, and I'm like, he tells me, you know, this is God telling me, this is no coincidence, this is God telling me that she was healed. Yes. And then she made it to his presence. Yes. And that vision that I saw, that's her on her way to heaven. Wow. And you know, yeah. that really, um, and we can think, yes, she might be sleeping, whatever it is, and maybe she won't go to heaven until, like, God comes. You know, we can right. say all these, right. you know, super biblical things, but doesn't mean that God can give you a revelation that she right. made to heaven. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that can happen. I think God speaks to us since we're his children, like yes. you mentioned. He gives us what we need to find peace and comfort and know, you know, she's in a better Reassure place. Reassure that yeah. she is in a better place. And that brought a lot of peace in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. But I can imagine, you know, going through all of that. And you've just been so strong. I mean, I'm sure you've had, like you said, you've had your moments where you had a... I had my moments after that. It was a process later. I closed up. I, 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 without realizing, I left so many barriers around me. Yeah. Because I didn't want people to come and tell me, I'm sorry you lost yeah. your mom. Yeah. And you know what? Or like pobrecito or things I, like this. 
I, um, years ago, I, we went to a funeral, but this was, I was still probably like a teenager or probably like 12, 13. And they had just lost, uh, the family had lost their son, like their, I would say maybe two year old, two, three year old. He, he had, um, drowned in the pool. And I would tell the sister, I'm so sorry. And she would be like, please don't tell me sorry. Don't tell me sorry. Because she's like, my brother is in a better place. Don't feel sorry. And you know, it kind of traumatized me for a moment because you don't, then you don't really know what how, to what to say. You know, it's in those moments that it's really hard to you you really don't have any words and there are no words there to comfort no words. but i think what makes a difference is being there yes. for people you know and just showing them the love and and the support yes and that and that's what i know you had and then obviously i think we all kind of just gave you your space cuz that was like a whole nother process of healing yes. and grieving but i want to ask you something jc Going back, looking back at the beginning of 2020, not knowing was gonna what was gonna happen in September, would you would have done something different about your mom? Like, I don't know, like maybe spending more time or would have changed anything. If you could change something about it, knowing that you had that amount of time with your mom, would you do something different? I think that's hard to say. Because if I wanted it, I would have preferred not to be COVID. So I could have been with her and the, the hardest part of her life in that um, room by herself. I wish I would have been there the entire time. Yeah. And that's something I would have loved to change. Because it was so hard to just try to talk to her via video call. Yeah. And not having that warmth. Um, yes, of course, I would love to have more time where maybe taking her to the beach. I wanted to take her back to the beach. My plan was to take her to the beach that summer. Uh, but she didn't get well enough for, for that to happen. Um, maybe I would have just actually dropped all the classes and just focus on her more. But at the same time, you know, I cannot overly think about that. Yeah. Because... I don't think that's what she would have wanted you to do. Yes. And I, I feel like um, our mentality was not like, this is the end. Our mentality the entire time was like, the healing is on the way. Yeah. And I remember every night um, we grab oil. Her, little, her hair was already falling off. I would anoint her head every night. We'll pray for her. We'll pray for a miracle. We'll declare, and uh, I'll give her some, like, boost her spirit um, and do everything I could to keep her in mind that this is going to pass. Right. And then the miracle will be on the way. Yeah. Our mentality wasn't like, this is the end. Right. Mentality was the entire time, you know, My mom's we're waiting on God. Yeah. Waiting on the Lord. Let me ask you something. What advice or what could you say to either young women, young men, people our age or younger teenagers, what would you tell them about their parents? Like what advice would you tell them that you wish, you know, they would understand how valuable 
our parents' life is, and sometimes we take it for granted. Yes. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is, of course, respect them. Because um, once you bring the harm, you cannot take it up. You cannot, you can take it back. And, you know, a mother's heart is so fragile. And I remember many times I made her cry because of little things, because without realizing I hurt my mom. And that that's, you know, it will happen because we're all perfect. But never um, allow something to make you stop talking to your parents. Yeah. Or you stop talking to your mom for like a week or a day because you don't know what's going to be the last time you're going to see them or the last time they'll be able to talk to you. Um, and of course have time for them, you know, always make time for your parents. And when you respect them, when you honor them, when you love them, when you um, bring hope to their life and you bring the word of God to their life and you know that they're doing well with God, the day that they pass, you have peace because you were there for them the entire time. You fought for them the entire time, and then you were at their side the entire time. Yes. And I think that is something that we all need to always keep in mind that, you know, we only have one parent, um, one mom, one dad. And I took it for granted when I'm like, you only have one mother. In this life, you only have one mother. And you have to respect her. And you have to love her. And for Mother's Day, you have to do something amazing. And this, this, and that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, I, I get it, you know. When it hit me, when this happened, and I tell someone, you only have a mother in life, I really mean it. And people take it for granted. You have a mother, one mother in life, yeah. and you have to treasure them. Yeah. But again, I'm not going to force people and be like, you have to drop everything and be with your parents all the time. Because we have to live our life in the manner that honors God, honors our parents, and we love our parents, you know. Many times, maybe our parents won't be close to the entire time because they're out of state, they're in, they're in their own countries. Um, whatever situation you have that you maybe can't visit them right now, but as long as you keep that contact, yes, you know that communication, you were there. yeah, yes. Even if for some reason your parents hurt you or you haven't talked to your mom or your dad for months, make peace with that. Yeah. You have to make peace with that because as our parents, um. You know, we didn't choose them. Or we can say, I can change parents anytime I want. But God gave you these parents to bring you to this world. And it's our job to honor them as much as we can. Because the right. day they die, you won't have regrets. Right. And you did your part where the Bible says, honor your parents so you can see more life, yeah. more longer life for That's you. That's true. That's true. That's true. And then another thing, too, is um, a lot of people judge their we all do it judge our parents but we really don't know their story we know a lot of it mm-hmm. but we don't know all the stuff they went on they, they went through we can't just sit there and expect them to be perfect because they were brought up a certain way too and they just did their best and even if maybe somebody that's listening is like well you know you didn't live with my mom or you didn't live with my dad i promise you it's just traumas Maybe they didn't have what you have, and you can't really just expect them to be perfect, but God teaches us just to love our parents, yes. just to honor them. It doesn't, like, you know, we hear it all the time at church. You know, they, you can't expect them to be perfect because they're not, 
you're going to always mess up. But our duties as the sons or daughters of them is just to honor them, even if, you know, they even don't do things they right. Even when seem like it's not right. Yeah, sometimes, you know, like, we don't agree with our parents, but we can't, you know, act so rebellious in that because we don't really know what they went through either. Exactly. You know? And so. that's something that um, Pastora Claudia mentioned when she came. Um, she said something. She's like, honor or um, respect the way they think, like la cultura de ellos. And I don't know why, but I just never thought about that. You know, we're always like, you don't understand me. You don't know, blah, blah, blah. But we have to understand they're coming from a different time, culture, yeah. different culture. And you just have to respect that. Right. You know, and that really hit me when she's, she mentioned that. Yeah. I don't know. I just never saw it that way. Right. Yeah, because we want it. our parents, we want to turn them into us. Mm-hmm. To think like we like do. Like us, but, you know, we have to just re- respect sometimes that we're not going to agree on things. Yeah. But we can't turn and make them our enemies or anything like that. We just have to, you know, agree to kind of disagree on some things because yeah. we're not going to see eye to eye on everything. But overall, you know, just honor them and be respectful to them as well. I mean, you can't disagree with people without being nasty, without, you know, being disrespectful. Right. And, you know, um, just that. But overall, I want to say, is like she was saying, is like they come from a different culture. You know, they weren't brought up here. And a lot of them, especially in the Hispanic culture, man, they went just crossing the border. It's a they trauma. Had, they did a lot of sacrifices. It's a trauma. Just yeah. crossing and like walking for days, walking for hours. I'm like, most people, our generation, like the millennials, if they had to cross the border the way they did, man, I don't even know if we <laughs> would survive. <laughs> but just those things like that is like, man, there's, we got to be thankful for them you got to be yeah. thankful for what they did and all yes. the sacrifices that the sacrifice and, and and I you can think about it too because we have second generations immigrants or those that are born from people that migrated here and we can see that they're like no you're always asking for this why don't you do it yourself you should learn English and this and that and yes we know we should teach our parents to speak English but we cannot explode on them in a way that we don't want to help them. And that's part of that too, because a sacrifice and a trauma is that they have to go find a job without knowing the language and figure out their own way yeah. how to thrive in this world, in this country, um, by themselves to help you. And that that's just shows how much courage our parents have had yes. you know, to, to even come here a place where they don't know the language, they don't know all of this, and I don't even know why we're even touching this subject um, right now, but it's so true. If you are someone that maybe have taken your parents for granted, maybe it's God speaking to you and saying, you know, you just never know. Life is too short, and we hear that so often. Life is too short, but we have to live every day, like you said, you know, not thinking, oh, my God, tomorrow the the world is going to end or you know not live in fear but also live every day with purpose you yes. know that every day we make it count that every day we make a little time and just call our mom or text you know say i love you you know that's something from from what happened with your mom i'm like i have my parents i think that's why even we decided to take our both of our parents on a vacation 
Yeah, on the, I think it was September. It was that same year where, like, I, we want to be. I think, yeah, my husband's like, I want to be with my mom right after that had happened. Yes. We're like, we want to be with our parents because they've done so much and there's so much uh, gratitude. And there's you know, a lot that we don't know that they've done for us. You know, yeah. For us. Yes. Yes. But before we close, I know you mentioned at your graduation that your mom made herself present for your graduation. I don't really know what she did, but I kind of wanted to know the details. So um, when we when mom passed away, a lot of people helped financially. And we had um, people helping here and there, sending money from all over areas, um, from Walter School. They sent so much money for so many things. Um, with GoFundMe and those, we were like using so many apps because people were like, you have this, we have that, you have this, we have that. I want to send you this, I want to send you that. that was God, you know. Yes. That's we, we God was providing. God. Yes, God was providing. God provided for everything after she passed away to cover for the funeral and everything else, the service and everything that we did. Um, that was God providing through people. Um, and may God bless them for everything they did. And at the end, you know, we, we, liquidated everything we took everything out and we paid everything and um i don't know we were short on money um this year because i was doing internship to make up for the two classes i dropped last year to be there for mom so i was working maybe like 20 hours a week here and there and then um Leslie said was working and we have more people in the house so we were like dealing with all these changes um, and accommodations. So we were struggling a little bit financially. And then graduation came and we needed some money to do this and that, to this and that for the party and for the things that I needed for uh, graduating and all that stuff. And out of nowhere, um, someone said, I'm going to help you with this amount of money for your graduation party. Um, do you have cash up? And I'm like, yeah. And then I said, was like, I'll send you my cash up. And then later that night, when we're trying to figure out what we're missing, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need this much and this much, and we're not, we don't have enough now. She checks her um, cash up, cash up, and they were like, what? Which I haven't. I, I usually don't look at cash up. Last time I saw it was during the funeral and everything. And after the funeral was done... You never checked it? I never checked it again. Like, that's it. We, we had... Um, contamos todo. We did all the expenses that needed to be done. Counted the money. Everything. It's just ev- we had everything. You know, very organized. Very organized. But somehow I missed it. Somehow, no. I don't know if you missed it or, or what or happened. It was after. We don't know. Maybe they sent it after whatever it was. But there yeah. was like there was uh, uh, three hundred dollars in her cash up extra. And we were and like. We're like we're not expecting this. And everything had been already paid. Yeah, everything was paid. Everything was paid. We did everything. Everything for her funeral. Like like he mentioned, everything was provided. The money, the people help, everything. Like everything was covered. And, you know, we, we, we I saw this. I was like, wait, there's there's 400 in here, but they only sent us 100. I was like, where is this money coming from? Like, we didn't know. 
Wow. And then um, I'll remember that mom will always like cooperate with any part that I had. And she said that she was going to pay for my party and all these different things for, for when I graduated. And she was going to buy me my graduation ring and everything. And the moment I saw the money, I literally just hit me. And I'm like, you know, this is, this feels like my mom was giving me that gift. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not here, but I left this for you. Wow. And, you know, that was amazing because it's like God allowed this to happen so I could have that gift from mom. Yeah. And, you know, with that, we were able to pay the rest and I was able to get the things I needed to, to walk. Um, and it was incredible. And after that, we had just, había pasado que habíamos escuchado about how who we are who we are when we are where we are because a mother was praying for us. And I remember that mom was always going um, in front of the, the, the stage to pray when, when, for the, for the altar the call mm-hmm. or whatever, or anything, or doing worship. Mm-hmm. And I just like felt like God was telling me, your mom was praying for you this entire time. And you graduated because your mom was praying for you. You're here because your mom is, was praying for you. You didn't leave church because your mom was praying for you. Yeah. And you didn't stop serving God because your mom was praying for you. So I feel like maybe mom is not here now, but all those prayers that she did are still carrying me and pushing me forward. Wow. Because God still shows up and God still speaks to me um, and brings this back. And you get to a moment where I, you know, it's like since mom is in the presence of God and when God's presence falls on me, it's like I have that connection with mom again. Yep. And it's like I was able to feel that, that connection. God bringing me a connection that, you know, mom prayed and her actions are still being fulfilled up to this point. Wow. Her petitions to God about me and my brother are still being used up to this point. Wow. My brother recently got accepted to UGA and he's getting everything paid to go. Wow, wow. that's just powerful what you just said right there that, you know, the the, the power of a praying mom, that it can carry, you know, generations or not just when, oh, she, she's not here anymore. Yeah, those those prayers are not in effect. Yes. No, they are. They and are. they will continue to be with you. All yeah. those prayers, all those nights that she prayed for you will continue. All the promises, you know, that God gave her. God didn't forget about that. They weren't in Just vain. because she's now in heaven, yeah. God's still, you know, fulfilling all those promises that, you know, God gave her about, you know, her generation. Yes. That's amazing. God gave a word to my mom before we came to church, another friend church. Your son's going to be a pastor. Wow. Yeah. I never expected that. I never, I never had an idea. I'm helping in the pastoral team. And that was, you were called in 2019. And I was called in 2019. Right? And she was told back in 2008, maybe. Wow. Wow, that's just such an an inspirational story. You've gone, it's been like a roller coaster and so many emotions from, you know, sadness, from wanting to give up, from not knowing what to do, from anxiety and, you know, and now to see you where you are in a better place, and I'm sure you have your moments, but you know that God is with you yes. every single day. And you're just in a, such a better place now, and I'm so happy for that. And I'm so happy you're able to, to share that, you know, to tell others, you know, like, it's hard 
well, we can still do this, you know, because you made your mom proud. You know, someone told you at your graduation that you too honored your mom all the time, you know, and by you graduating, you were making her even more proud, even though she's not here, but you, you, I, I think it was Alondra that said, I'm sure your mom has the biggest smile in heaven. She's like, if your mom were here, she'll be like bragging about you on social media. (laughs) She would have posted you all over Facebook. Yes. (laughs) She was bragging to the angels (laughs) in heaven. That's my son. That's my son. (laughs) He graduated. Yes. But that's just amazing. But thank you so much, Lise and JC. I know this, it's a, um, it's not an easy subject, but or topic but thank you so much for sharing your story and and we hope and pray that his story or you know the situation the circumstances that he went through if you're going through it that it can help you and know that you know god is with you and he's in control and you're not alone and if you don't have a village seek for your village yeah seek for people that would be there for you a community is important and, you know, in the lowest of your lowest, um, God will lift you up. He will lift you up through people. Yes. Yeah. And you know what really helped me? And just to close with this, um, I wasn't serving really as I was until, like, God spoke to me because the desire in my heart to help others was still there. And I started helping someone, which became a whole family later. Mm-hmm. And that rekindled that fire in me. Wow. Because as I help others, I was helping myself. Yeah, and and the word says refresh, refresh others, so and you'll you can be, refreshed. be refreshed. And sometimes you don't even under you think, well, where where is that refresh going to come? Well, who yes. is going to refresh me? But the key is that as you're refreshing others, others. it's refreshing you because you, you know? are verbalizing yeah. what God already deposited in your heart. So yes. it's the Holy Spirit refreshing yourself. Yes. Well, that's that's powerful. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. And if this has been a blessing, don't forget to share it. Don't forget to like it. And don't forget to comment as well. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you guys on our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.